think about the words of this song and just one more soul when I walk down the aisle, it'd be worth every struggle, every heartache, every mile, every dollar invested if one person gets right with God and, and doesn't have to spend an eternity in hell and they can go to heaven as a result. It'll be worth everything. <laughs> The preachers are weary, the singers are tired, the church as we know it is losing its fire. Some are discouraged from bearing the load, but we must determine to keep pressing on, cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it'd be worth every struggle, it'd be worth every mile, a lifetime of labor is still worth it all if it rescues just one more soul. So preachers keep preaching and singers go sing. Laymen keep sharing that Jesus is King. The angels have gathered they're surrounding the throne and they'll start rejoicing for just one more soul. Cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it'd be worth every struggle, it'd be worth every mile, a lifetime of labor is still worth it all if it rescues just one more soul. Cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it'd be worth every struggle, it'd be worth every mile, a lifetime of labor is still worth it all if it rescues just one more soul. A lifetime of labor is still worth it all if it rescues just one more soul. Amen. I appreciate you all singing that. Kind of hit home for me <laughs> um, when I was preparing for this message. I was struggling. And he started singing that song. And it's worth it. Yes. It's worth it. Hey. Um, whew, let me get myself together. Mm. <sighs> I sure do appreciate you all being here. I appreciate you coming, um, especially you kids. Um, I, I thank you for taking the time to come. You know, some of you get to make a decision. Your parents, like, they let you make a decision whether you go to church or not. And you all chose to come today. That's, that says a lot. But I encourage you to keep choosing to come to church. Keep choosing to do the right thing.
Um, when you get older and you go through struggles in life, you'll come to find that you'll, you'll start realizing how important your church and your church family is. You will. Um, there's people that call here all the time and they, they, they'll call a preacher or they'll call the church office and uh, they'll ask, you know, they're, they're running through problems and they need help. Where's their church family? Where are they? Well, they don't go to church. That's the problem. That's the problem. Well, let me, I'm trying to decide how I was going to do this, but let me start with this, all right? So I have some prizes here, all right? Now, how many of you like Skittles? Raise your hand. You like Skittles? I guess the adults don't like Skittles, all right? How about the Doritos? They're super sweet chili flavored. Man, if I ate those, you can ask my wife. I would be having a cardiac cardiac event, laying in my bed, telling her my chest hurts because of the indigestion, okay? How many like these? They're blue. You look, no, never mind. And how many of you like hot fries? You like hot fries? All right. Well, I am watching. I am watching. I'm watching for people that are sitting still. Um, they're listening. Uh, they're paying attention. They're, they're listening to the adults. And I'm going to pick somebody to come up here, and you all can take them as they come. All right? Um, let me go ahead and start by doing this. <clears throat> How many of you like tricks? Raise your hand. You like tricks? I do. I, I enjoy tricks. Um, I've I really enjoyed it, and that's how I kind of got into this. Now, listen, this is a disclaimer. Don't go home and play with fire, okay? Does anybody know what happens if you play with fire? Okay, we'll leave it at that. You could get burnt, okay? That's not what my mom used to tell me. You know what? Sometimes we get on fire for God, don't we? You get on fire for God and, and you start paying attention and you know what? All of a sudden, the fire went out. And you look at this and you say, oh my goodness, that's a rose. We'll come back to this. We'll come back to that. I'm going to ask my... I told him I wouldn't tell anybody who he was. Um, so I'm not going to... I, t- I said I would not use his name. All right? I told him I would not use his name, so I will not use his name, but it's my oldest son. <laughs> All right? I'm going to talk to you a little bit about 
something, and, and I'm using him as an illustration. I love using illustrations. I love using uh, props. I u- love using things like that because it kind of holds your attention. And I want you to listen and pay attention, okay, to what I'm talking about. I want to talk to you a little bit about something, and it goes right along with what he talked about in Sunday school. And then I was sitting here in during the preaching, and my wife and I, I don't know if you've seen us, we kind of looked at each other. And, and, you know, during Sunday school, during preaching, and now you're getting the same thing here. It's basically the same message, okay? It's just worded different. So I don't know who needs it, but apparently I needed it again um, after I got it here when I was preparing. I got it during Sunday school, and then, you know, I get raked over again, and God convicts my heart again. And, you know, that's what this is about. That's what this is about. But I want to talk to you, and he used the word, um, was it contemporary? Casual. Casual. He used the word casual Christian. Casual Christian. Well, I just come up with a different name. But as soon as he said it, I looked at my wife and we actually started giggling back and forth and we did it during Sunday school and got called out. All right? I did it during there and the preacher was nice enough not to call me out on it. But what I come up with is a camouflage Christian. A camouflage Christian. I have Brandon up here. He's, he's oh, I did say your name. I hope they don't know who you are. Is it all right? Okay. All right. I want you to take this and hold that for me. All right? It's not going to hurt you, okay? I promise. Y'all have dart guns at home that shoot harder than that, all right? So, you know, I'm spraying him down here. Does anybody know what this is for? Where's Robbie? Is he in here, Robbie? What is that for? I'm glad I got one good hunter in here. It's to cover your sin. So you don't, he's covering his sin. He's camouflaged. Now, somebody tell me, why would you wear camouflage? Why would you? Molly, if you get this wrong, your dad's going to be mad. Why would you wear camouflage? Okay, when you're hunting, why do you wear camouflage? They can't see you. The animals. So whatever you're hunting, so they can't see you. You know what you're doing when you are wearing camouflage and when you're, when you're in a tree? And, I mean, it even went to the part where they pay extra money to get their bow camouflaged. When I was younger, I even went paid extra money to have my arrows camouflaged. And then I realized how dumb that was because when you would shoot the arrow through the woods, good luck finding it, okay? So... You know, but that you, they're camouflaged because they want to blend in. They want to blend in. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. <coughs> you can go ahead and go. I appreciate it. Matthew 26, and we're going to start in verse 69. Matthew 26 and verse 69. I'm going to ask you just to listen. I want you to pay attention. All right? In Matthew 26, verse 69, the Bible says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also waste with Je- once with Jesus of Galilee. 
But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. I want you to think here for a minute. This is Peter. We all know stories about Peter. Preacher even mentioned about Peter today during his sermon. Peter's getting ready to do something that he thought he would never do. He even told Jesus that he didn't he wouldn't do it. He's getting ready to do it. Look in verse 71. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto, unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know this man. Peter is saying, I do not know this man. I do not know Jesus. He's, he's saying, I, I don't know who he is. He's trying to blend. He's trying to be a camouflage Christian, if you will. He's, he's trying to be camouflaged. He's trying to, to fit in to where you know, nobody will know that he's even associated with Jesus. Remember, Jesus had told him, Peter, you'll deny me three times. Three times. Oh, Lord, I'll never do that. Peter did. Three times. Looking back on my life, and I want you to look at your life, how many times have you denied Christ? How many times have you denied Christ? Maybe you were at school and, and, and somebody you know, asked you a, a Bible question or asked you something and your friends were around you were afraid to answer because you didn't want them to know you go to church. You're hiding the fact that you're even a Christian. That you've accepted Christ into your heart and that you're saved. You're trying to camouflage yourself. You're trying to, to hide. And you go as far as squirting that stuff on you so nobody even smells you. Trying to blend in with the world. In verse 73, and it said, After a while came unto him they that stood, stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech bewrayeth thee. Bewrayeth means to expose, to make visible. Peter's speech was that of a Galilean. He kind of told on himself. And these people were pointing it out. Sometimes when he goes out and he's dressed a certain way, people associate him with being a pastor. Sure. 
Peter was associated, trying, he was already associated with Christ, but he was trying to blend. He didn't want, he really didn't want to be. Look in verse 74. The Bible says, Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Three times Peter denied Christ. I don't know him. Three times. In this day and age, we live in a world that you can't tell the difference between saved, blood-bought children of God and lost sinners. I'm being honest with you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, I'm going to step on some toes. I'm going I'm to say something that might offend you. But listen, it's not what I'm saying. It's what is in this book right here. I'm not going to tell you anything that isn't in this book. Man, if you try to blend in like Peter did, and you know the Bible said that he he started um, he started swearing and he started cursing. When you go to school and you start you start swearing or cursing or talking the way that you're talking, do people associate you with being with Christ? No, they don't. If you've seen our pastor at, out in, in public and you heard him cursing, would you think he was a good pastor? No. Because you know what? He's leading this church. He's leading the, he's leading, uh, the, the sheep, if you will. And if he's not doing what he's supposed to do, he's not being a very good example for us, is he? When you're in school and you're out, you're cursing, you know what? You're, you're not being a good example. Many of you here have professed to know Christ as your Savior. You, you've said, there's a time that I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. But yet, when we're out here on the playground, I've heard curse words. You're not living up to what you say you believe. There should be a difference. There should be a difference in your speech. There should be a difference in your clothes. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.9, In like manner also, that women, women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and soberty, not with boiled hair or gold or pearls or costly array. This is going to touch hard a little bit on some of, some of the girls. What, ladies, you need to dress like ladies. You need to be careful what you're wearing and what you're putting on uh, because for, for, I, can, I can't speak from a women's point of view, but what I can tell you from a guy's point of view, you're causing people to lust after you when you wear basically nothing. It's wrong. Yeah, right. You see, you're trying to be a camouflage Christian when you decide that you're going to wear the things of the world. The real short uh, shorts. The tops that come down real low. You think it looks cool? You think people like that? 
Why do you want to sell yourself out to the world and to Satan? Why do you want to? That's what you're doing. You're lifting up Satan when you do that. It's a shame. I tell my wife, it makes me so sick seeing it. And, and the th- sad part is, is, you know, these people that are out here, if I walk down the beach, at least I can say, you know, there's people on the beach, they need the Lord. But when I'm with people that go to church and people that, that spend time in church and they're wearing that same exact thing, what's their excuse? They need to get in this book and they need to follow what the book says. We try to blend in with our habits. We all have habits that we do and try to blend in with the world. You don't want anybody to know that you go to church. Try to hide that. It kind of it shocks me how many people when you're out and you're out in public and you know you're you're we're out eating or something and and I, I bow my head and we're praying as a family at the table and you know somebody will come up and say um, you know where are you a pastor? Shouldn't be that way. I'm not a pastor. I'm a Christian. You say, well, you're up here preaching. I'm just serving God. I'm not the pastor of this church. God didn't call me to be the pastor of this church. I'm just being a servant. I just want to serve God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You know what? We need to be separate. There should be a difference. It should be kind of like this. What color is that? What color is that? What color is this? You know what? It should be this way. When you accept Christ as your Savior, there should be a huge change. You shouldn't look the same. You should be different. You should be different. You shouldn't be the same. There should be a total different change in your life. The old habits should be put away. The things that you spend money on, you're going to change what you spend money on. You're going to start giving your money to, to God. For the things that matter. Bible says in Romans 12 too, and be, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. 
We've got to be different. We can't be that camouflage Christian. This camouflage Christian, see, there's a problem that they have. They can't win souls. The camouflage Christian cannot win souls. The Bible says that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wives. And that's Proverbs 11.30. He that wins souls is wise. I don't know about you, but I want to be wise in the decisions that I make. I want to be wise in the decisions that I make. Do you know how you get wisdom? Right here. Do you want to know how to make a decision in your in in your your family? Right here. You want to know what I should wear and what I shouldn't wear? Right here. The answers are right here. But you see, we don't want to take the time to look. Instead, we say, you know what? I don't think it's bad. I I really don't think it's bad. I'll just go ahead and do what I want to do. So then we have boys that look like girls. I'm serious. I told you I'm going to step on some toes here. We have boys that want to dress like girls. What does the Bible say? God created what? Adam and Eve. Male and female. I am not a girl. Nor do I want to be a girl. I will go so far as to say if we were having a graduation ceremony here and I was graduating, I would ask the pastor if I could wear a suit instead of the graduation gown because I don't want to be a wear a dress. I'm serious. That's how manly I am. All right? There were people that, that when we were in the hospital, um, they, they promoted this, um, this, this thing and, and they, the same-sex marriage. They, they kind of promoted it and they kind of pushed it in your face. And I told Tammy, I said, some of them fellas need to go out and just start a chainsaw and let that sucker run for a while. Man. We ought not dress like a woman. I am so dead set that I'm a man that you don't see any ear piercings in my ears. I'm a man. You don't see a necklace around my neck. I'm a man. I don't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm a man. Remember, the Bible says be separate. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you should be different. You should look different. We're supposed to be a light to other people. We're a light. Somebody tell me what this is. What is it? 
a light bulb. Is this doing any good right here? Why not? Why isn't it? There's nothing connecting to it. You see, that's what the world wants you to think. You can't be a light out in, in public schools. Are you kidding? You'll be standing out there by yourself. There's nobody to plug that into. You're alone. You're by yourself. But you know what? You can. You can be different. Come here. Yeah. Don't be scared. I promise I don't bite. How old are you? 13. What's your name? Dennis, are you married? Huh? Yeah. You know what? You go to school? Yes. All right. Got a girlfriend? No, don't answer that. <laughs> I want you to hold that right there. Now, you could be a light in school. Do you know that? Yeah. Do you realize that you could actually be a light in school? You say, how? You know what? You start trusting God and you start living for God and you start, you start being an example to people and you know what? All of a sudden, you become a light. Just like that. How, how did you do that? He can become a light. Listen to me. You said that wasn't plugged in anything. Listen. This is what you need to get plugged into. Right here. This right here will get you plugged in to what you need to be plugged into. You see, the hard part is, is this. We only have you here for a short amount of time. So what information you get here, you need to take home, you need to open up your own Bible, and you need to start reading. And then when you don't understand it, and you have questions, you come back here, and you find one of these adults, and you said, hey, I was reading my Bible, what does this mean? That's what we're here for. We should see growth. It's not, you know what, I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart, I'm saved, so now I'm going to hide it. I'm going to let my light go out. I'm going to hide it like that rose. You know what, it looks good. I'm, I'm good. Many of you, if you would step up and you would say, you know what, I'm going to let my light so shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify my Father which is in heaven. When you all start doing that, you would be surprised at how many parents would see that there's a difference in you and they're going to wonder what's different and you can tell them, listen, I got saved. I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save me. And when you tell them that, they notice there's a difference and guess what? They are going to want the same thing. We need moms and dads to get into this book. Sure. 
need to be fruit, fruitful, not fruitless. You see, fruitless is you just, you don't tell anybody else. I will say this. These, this group in here that is in here in the room, it's growing because you are excited about coming to church. That tells us that, that it's working, that we're, we're teaching it and it's becoming fruitful. But not only are you being blessed, us as a church are being blessed because we're watching everything grow. And let me tell you, the bus ministry, it's not easy. It's hard. It would be so much easier to say, you know what? We're not going to have a bus. We spend too much money in fuel and insurance and, and then we've got to deal with those kids and we have to take them home. And You're worth it. You're worth it. You see, that's why everybody here was, is, that's why we give, give towards the bus ministry. My wife and I were shocked. We come from a, uh, when we were lived in Virginia, the church there was, was pretty large. I would say probably 300. And when the pastor mentioned the fact that, you know, getting a bus and, and that we were going to uh, have an offering to, to take up the bus, um, you know, my wife and I, we talked about it and we said, you know, we want to give towards that and, and we want to have a part in that. And then the next, next Sunday, pastor goes, uh, well, we got enough to buy the bus. I'm like, are you kidding me? I come from a church where it would have been up and they would have had to draw a, uh, a thermometer and, and make that red dot go up to where it'll finally go out. I mean, they would, that's, that's where I come from. I was shocked when, when we said, you know, that, that it's here. You know what had told me? This church right here loves you kids. They will sacrifice for you kids. You're important. They sang that song. It's worth it. It's worth it. You are worth it. Each one of you are special. We need to see fruit. In Ephesians 6, let me turn there real quick. Ephesians 6. The Bible says this in Ephesians 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that I may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. You see, that's where we like to stop, okay? That's where we like to stop. Because that's telling you children, hey, hey, honor your mother and father. Listen to them. Here's where the adults have a hard time. 
And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Who? Do not provoke your children to wrath. There's been times I've poked my children to wrath. I'm going to be honest with you. Instead, I need to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know what that means? That means I've got to stick by the stuff. It's not easy. It's not easy. People will make fun of you. People will poke fun at you. Call you a preacher. Okay, call me a preacher, okay? People, people do that. They, they think that that bothers me. It doesn't bother me. It makes me sad because they don't know the difference. Don't call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Call him. We need to understand that God has a plan for each and every one of you. But you need to make sure that you stick by the stuff. You see, that requires you putting your, your money and your talents where they should be. That requires that you trust God with everything. It's important that you learn to trust God with everything because God can use it. I need somebody to help me. I need a volunteer, somebody that's been sitting still. Uh, right here. Yes. Only because you have a rose on your shirt and we already did a rose trick, so. I'm going to use this as an example. If I reached in my wallet right here, good night, my wife keeps getting in my wallet. That's all I got. I'm going to give you a dollar. If you took that dollar and you said, you know what, I'm going to give that to God. Now, that's all you have. Do you work? Kind of. Do you do something to get money? You do. Are you rich? Oh. You sure? You're not rich? I got three dollars. You got three dollars. Now you got four. If you took that and you decided, you know what? I'm going to give that to God. And I'm going to open this up. I want you to fold that and put that right there in the middle. Okay, I'm going to turn it this way just so it folds in there. Is that okay? Now, I want you to watch because I'm going to close this back up. You know what? You're giving everything that you have to God and you're telling, Lord, I don't know what, but I want you to use this. You know what? That's part of giving your tithe. You're, you're giving everything to God. Everything that you have, you're giving to God. 
Are you willing to do that? That means that you're going to put your offering in that plate right there, correct? That means every single thing, and you're going to trust that the pastor of this church is going to use that money to do as he needs. Right? I want you to open that. I will not touch it. I want you to understand. I want you to get this. She trusted God with everything. Trusted the pastor that he's going to do something. Hold that up. And the pastor said, you know what? We need to buy some tracks. Listen. Thank you. You can have a seat. We need to buy some tracks so that we can give it out. And you can take them, to, you can take them and you can give them in school and, and you can give them to people that you meet. It's important. You say, it's just a dollar. Do you know how many a dollar could buy of these? Is it worth it? Absolutely. You said, even as a child, I can, I can help with that? I've already had one girl when I was here today. Had money for the offering. Wanted to know what to do with it. Right there it is. That's the importance of that. This is what that could do. God can take it and multiply it. Remember, he owns the cattle of a thousand meals. He's got everything. God doesn't need your money. God wants us to give it willingly. He gave it to us so he trusts us. Maybe all of this stuff I'm talking about, you don't understand. I'll be honest with you, if you're not a camouflage Christian, you're not a Christian at all. There's never been a time that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. That means I'm going to die because of my sins. But you know what? I can go to heaven. I know without a doubt I'm going to heaven. I have that peace in my heart. Let me tell you where I got the answer. It's an open book test. I wonder how many of you would say, Mr. David, I've never asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. If I died right now, I don't know that I would go to heaven. I want you to search your heart. Just sit quietly just for a minute and think, if I died right now, where would I spend eternity? I tell my boys every occasionally, I'll tell them it's time for inspection. And they kind of laugh until I walk into their room. And 
they haven't had time to clean it up. It's time for inspection. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around.